Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Todd, I got a question for you. Yes, Nicholas. How has being a therapist impacted you as a parent? Uh, should being a therapist? <laughs> I, I don't I, know, but I, I had someone who's very intrigued by this question. And, and I think it's, it's interesting because um, we're both parents. We both have two daughters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, whereas, how old are your daughters? 17 and 13. And my daughters are th- about three and one and a half. Mm-hmm. So very different places, but... Yep. Similar. We're both psychologists. We're both dads. Um, so I thought this is an interesting question to kind of like to talk about mm-hmm. the intersection of parenting and therapy and being a therapist. Yeah. I, I, and I would say that being a therapist has definitely impacted moments in being a parent. Hmm. But it only works when I remember I'm a therapist. <laughs> You turn on your therapist superpowers and... <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I, I want to be very clear and very fair about this. Um, therapists are people too. And we succumb to a lot of the stuff that everybody else succumbs to, you know? And so if I'm in kind of a place where I can remember, you know who I am and, or what I do for a living, then I think there have been moments definitely that I've used my training to parent better, hopefully. What's an example of one of those? One of those good moments? Mm, my my oldest daughter, when she was very young, um, was just kind of constantly overstimulated. Um, it was really hard for her to um, relax, you know? And so getting her to go to sleep was unbelievably difficult. Um, and, and, and it was kind of distressing to her too, I think kind of just a, a really frustrating process for her. So I used a lot of relaxation techniques um, and deep relaxation techniques to kind of help her relax and, and calm down her parasympathetic nervous system so that she could sleep better, you know, and it worked really well. She was able to kind of adopt some of those skills and things. Um, and it seemed to help a lot. Cool. Yeah. That's very practical. Yeah. Very useful. Um, one of my daughters, my youngest daughter also, um, with some changes, some pretty significant changes that were happening in our lives. Um, I think wasn't sure about how to process a lot of the change and just became a lot of, there was a lot of fear for her in some areas and she was starting to develop some interesting kind of um, um, compensatory behaviors like you'd see in OCD mm-hmm. um, to try to kind of control her environment and control outcomes. Um, and so I was able to kind of quickly identify what was happening there and then help her not engage those things and, and deal with the anxiety in a more healthy way. And so, but those are, those are moments I think in parenting where it was very apparent that um, something was happening that I had a skill set for. Was that an intentional pun or unintentional? I'm sorry. It was very apparent. Apparent. Dang. Sorry. I, I, no, Bad. it was totally unintentional, <laughs> but that's how good I am. <laughs> I don't even intend. No, to. but, but I like this idea of how um, just being a therapist doesn't by default make you a good 
a, a better parent at all. <laughs> right. But because I have lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when when my daughter spills a drink, mm. you know, on my new carpet. You know, I mean I mean, just because I'm a therapist doesn't mean that <laughs> those parenting moments that, that happen, you know, that I'm perfect that I'm like, oh, well, because I'm a therapist, I know that getting angry right, right now won't help me. And no, I, I, that that is that's pretty rare. Yeah, I, I talk a lot about my with my clients about how um, you know understanding something is only half the battle. Oh, it, at yeah. most, half the battle. The the real challenge is kind of implementing it, like remembering and getting in the habit of doing it and making it a part of who you are. And right. I think what you're what you're pointing out is that it's the same on the other side of the couch. You know, like for us as therapists, we may have learned about a lot of interesting and helpful stuff in school and we help other people and apply it, but we still, there are still challenges to executing that and to using it. Yeah. We're still subject to the same laws of biology and emotion and, you know, <laughs> learning. And, and so, yeah, when I'm, when I'm cognizant of like, Oh, this is something I'm familiar with and can um, maybe add some insight into then, then I think it's helped. But I think 90% of my time as a parent is spent figuring it out just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. 98%. <laughs> well, that's a good transition in terms of figuring it out. My my first thought that where I when I'm in a parent a difficult parenting situation, one of the reason times when I'm grateful for being a psychologist in particular um and a therapist is my training as kind of a scientist. Um, which is really important that at least in the way I think both of us were trained that we don't just come into therapy and, you know, someone talks about their, their panic attacks and we don't just wing it or kind of like start talking based on our own kind of intuitions or gut feelings about things. Like we've been trained in uh, techniques that have been shown scientifically and empirically to be effective for most people. Um, So being, I guess my training and practice as a therapist has made me kind of healthily skeptical of just going with your gut and intuition and tradition and instead understanding that there, it's really important to, um, to look outside for well-established solutions and advice. And so one of the things my wife and I do all the time is we we're constantly reading books about how to, think differently about or approach um, different parenting struggles. So like potty training or how do you do like discipline effectively? Like what are some ways to do? And I don't, I don't know in my training as a therapist, I wasn't a child psychologist. I don't just have this like list of here are the top five ways to discipline your child effectively that we, I had to learn that kind of on the fly, but being a therapist and a psychologist, I, I guess it, it, it opened up for me the idea that it's okay to ask for help to like look outside of yourself or your, just your background to look for expertise or advice somewhere else. You don't have to just try and fail forever. You can just, yeah. Or, or you don't have to just do what was done with you. Yeah. As a, I think a lot of people basically just either rely on their intuition or their experience being parented. Yeah which can have a, I think sometimes there's some merit to that, but there can be a lot of uh, kind of bias and unhelpful stuff in there. See, this brings me to um, one of my points that I've kind of written down about this, which was I I think being a psychologist and and learning to think critically um, has helped me 
a lot in my life. Like, like you were saying, entertaining, uh, you know, different hypotheses, not being so reliant on maybe what you think, but really trying to collect data and look at outside sources and offer other explanations and test them. And, um, but man, is that a double edged sword? Because I overthink and overprocess everything, you know, to an annoying degree. Um, and so as much as it's helped, I think it also, um, <laughs> adds some complication yeah. to my life. That's know? a great point. I, if you overthink everything, I, my bias is to over talk everything. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So whenever, oh, yeah. whenever something happens, I'm like right away, let's go, let's hash it out. Let's talk about mm-hmm. everything right now in detail because that's what I do all day, every day. That's the skill. Most people don't do that. And even if they did do that and were equally adept or comfortable doing it, that's not how everybody processes things. So my wife may not process things the same way I do. My kids may not end up processing the thing, things the way I do. So yeah, having to kind of rein in those, um, Oh, and it's brutal too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there's more than a few occasions in my life where, you know, things are happening, comments are being made, whatever it is. And, um, I really, my first inclination is to just take a step back, even, even sometimes isolate a little bit and just kind of think, you know, and just mm-hmm. kind of, and, and a lot of people interpret that as either I don't care um, or I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not engaged or my level of devotion is in question, mm. you know, because they're like, wait, you shouldn't have to think. I get that a lot. You shouldn't oh, yeah. have to think about this. You should this. just know. Yeah. You know, if you're having to think about this, something's wrong, you know? And I'm like, no, I don't think anything's wrong. I just, you know, it makes me feel better to arrive at a decision after I've given it a lot of consideration and a lot of thought and I, and I understand the angles, um, that helps me feel more comfortable about making a choice and, and probably make a better decision, not just feel I, better. I, well, that, I think that's the, the double edged sword again, because I can, I, I constantly am, um, I, I feel like the guy in princess bride who's trying to, you know, he, he proposes that they, they have a little, Riddle of the minds, oh, the and they try to figure poison. out the iocane or whatever. Iocane, yeah, that's right, not iodine. <laughs> and he just sits there and overthinks that problem. And <laughs> so sometimes I feel like that guy, where I'm like, oh, ping pong. You and think forth. I would choose this cup, but I'm not going to choose that. You know what I mean? I, I but do. But that's that. what I wanted you to think. And so now, yeah, yeah. So yeah. sometimes it really works for me, and and sometimes it doesn't. And then sometimes people just get really frustrated with it and and don't understand it. Speaking of movies, I often as a psychologist and parent i often think of the movie what about bob well, of course um, which if you haven't watched everybody stop this podcast right now and just go watch what about bob <laughs> well listen to the podcast um, <laughs> then come back to it you need to watch what about bob <laughs> <laughs> but richard dreyfus plays this he's a psychiatrist and he just wrote this best-selling book right. um and it's kind of about baby the relationship steps. baby steps yeah between he and his client bill murray who's this kind of pan neurotic just sort of worried about everything um but it's about their relationship and then this psychiatrist relationship with his own kids and mm. I, I often think about it. he has this 
really obnoxious habit of calling family family conferences. <laughs> right. And he wears these hand puppets. Right. And everybody has to wear their hand puppet and talk to the hand puppets, not each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I often think to myself, oh, my God, my poor kids. Like, what are the, like, <laughs> goofy things? Like, I'm going to end up having, like subjecting them to the, yeah yeah um, so i've definitely your daughters are pretty young as my da- daughters have kind of grown up i see aspects of their personality or aspects of their behavior that that give me pause sometimes and i'm like ooh, i'd love to help them not do that or develop in this different way or mm-hmm. and that's been interesting um and um and I can recognize that uh, I can't fix everything, you know, that, that I have to be less concerned with the outcome and allow them their own process. But there is that temptation, I think, to fix, you know, as a yeah. psychologist. Like, ooh, I can, I can help them stop doing, you know, and it's like, ah, I really should let them have their own process with that and figure that's that a, out for That's themselves. a tricky balance, though. How do you negotiate? Because often as a parent, like, you do need to fix or you do need to step in. Um, right. So how do you, do you have any like general sort of heuristics or guidelines for how you negotiate those you situations? Know, I, I, I try to have a lot of um, general philosophical discussions with my kids. Boy, that sounds really weird, right? <laughs> um, it depends who you're talking to. <laughs> so let me, let me give you a specific example. My oldest was signing up for school and we're in line, um, you know, to, to hand off her or registration card to her counselor. And my daughter signed up for nine courses and like four of them are honors courses, you know, and I'm looking at that schedule and I'm thinking, why would you do this to yourself? Like what's going on here? So I ask her like, what? And she's like, no, 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 this is what I want to do. And I'm like, I'm, and I'm in my head. I'm like, do I just tell her no? Nine courses. Cause you know? to you, that's like, that's w- just well, way the top too of the much. paper. It says a minimum of five. So, all she has to have really is five. Right. She's got almost twice that, you know? And so I'm thinking, and, and she is a very, um, she, she's on, she's more anxious. She really wants to do a good job. She works very hard at what she does. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this list and I'm like, I'm not going to see my daughter for a year. You know, if she <laughs> takes these classes, like she'll be in a room. Um, and so we get up to the counselor and I'm like, here's my concern. The counselor echoes that concern. We talk her down to taking six classes or whatever, you know. And as we're driving home, I'm like, well, what's that about, you know? And she's like, oh, I just want to make you proud. I want to I want to do that. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you know what? I get it loud and clear. Like, but I'm more concerned, you know. And so we have a general discussion about what my expectations are in general. That, that she work hard, that she do well. But I'm not concerned with if she's taking nine, cl- you know what I mean? So, yeah. so I try not to say, here's what you're going to do mm-hmm. or here's the pathway through it. But I try to give some general guidance as to like, what would be a better philosophy for her to adopt? And, and here's what you really need to be concerned with and then let her figure out the details. That sounds like a, a great example of, um, I mean, I think it's so cool that she was able to kind of open up to you and tell her what was actually going on. And that's a real testament, I think, to you've obviously over time, you've cultivated this relationship where you guys can have those really open kind of honest talks. And even if it's about difficult topics, she still feels comfortable enough to at least kind of engage and talk through some stuff. 
Yeah, she's. A, I mean, both my kids are great kids, so I have, I have zero to complain about as a parent. But, um, well, you can say that, or you could say that somehow I taught her that she'd better take nine freaking classes, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what um, I did. <laughs> to right, but I think you know think difficulties come up, and you you can't prevent every kind of like difficult situation. But what you can do is set the stage for recovery from difficulties well and and and, you know no matter this is a good thing i think for all parents to hear no matter what lessons you're trying to teach your kids you can't control what they hear (laughs) right i mean i mean how many times did your dad sit you down and just say here's like what are you doing we gotta (laughs) and you're like yeah you walk away and you're like got it and then you make the (laughs) same mistake again you know so i think like clients, your kids tend to hear sometimes what they want to hear. Um, and you have to allow them the process, you know, and then they come back and you, you kind of, um, help them understand the pattern and help them understand what's going on. And you send them out again and they have to figure it out. So parenting like therapy, I think is, you know, you have to be less concerned with the outcome and allow other people their own process. I think. I totally agree. Um, and w- another reason why I think is that often, at least in my case, <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> and so <laughs> if I had kind of dictated a solution and they had gone along with it, I would never have known until it was too late that that was the wrong. So by giving this kind of like open-ended space for, for kind of back and forth and it, it requires patience, but I think you're more likely to get at a helpful answer to a problem if, if you're humble enough to know that maybe you don't, I, I mean, I, maybe you don't have all the answers, which can be tricky as a psychologist. Cause you think, well, all day long I'm helping people with emotional struggles, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, my kids struggle. I know how to, I'm a psychologist. They're like bullshit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I think that's, I think that's a good point actually. And, and the more I practice and the longer I practice, the, the more painfully aware it becomes that my job isn't to fix people my job is to help them understand their own pattern and allow them to do with that knowledge what they will, you know? Um, And and I think that makes me a much better therapist because I'm able to kind of allow for my clients to, to go through a process that I think will educate them far more than if I just crammed stuff down their throat and fixed them. There's a really fascinating book on parenting um, by a a psychologist um, from Berkeley, but it's called the gardener and the carpenter. Mm-hmm. And she says she studies parenting and, and she says there in a lot of ways, there are kind of these two different types or patterns of parenting styles. Some parents try to construct their kids like a carpenter would kind of construct mm. a house. And other parents are more like gardeners. They, they find themselves with this little seed and they plant it and they do their best to make sure the conditions are right, that they have good soil and they get enough water. And but ultimately like they didn't build the seed mm-hmm. the seed is what it is and it's gonna if it gets the right water and sunlight and like it's gonna grow but it's gonna grow to be its own that you can't predict how many leaves and you know exactly how many blossoms and what it's you know how tall it's gonna be and like you you know you just so i, I really love that metaphor of Wait, being and if it's a tomato seed you're not gonna make it corn <laughs> right, <laughs> right like right. It, it, which is a really cool kind of your kids will become who they're going to become. Yeah, and and you don't. I don't know if I 
I don't want my tomato to be corn. I want my tomato to be tomato. I oh. want it to be a healthy tomato. Well, can you imagine how miserable <laughs> that would be for the tomato? To have trying to, to make it corn. Trying to make it corn. <laughs> be a mess <laughs> this um, podcast has just gotten really good. <laughs> don't so, make tomatoes corn uh, yeah so i think that metaphor is just a good thing i often have to keep yeah, that like in mind that. like i'm not like the carpenter of my children and i don't want to be no no it, well and that's the power of the metaphor when you think about it you realize no i don't i don't want to build my kid like i want to let my kid is their own person yeah and i want to let them grow into that and maybe and maybe build or provide a structure that will allow them to become the best tomato plant they can mm-hmm. become, but not to, not to force your vision of who they should be onto them. That's really good. Yeah. I like that. So, you know, the other, the other thing I will say, yeah, yeah I'm wrong a lot in parenting sometimes. And uh, the, the mother of my children has been right way more <laughs> than I ever gave her credit for. And as a psychologist, I think it's allowed me the ability to see that, <laughs> you know, to to realize hmm, what I've just been doing forever wasn't working. And <laughs> and this person just kind of completely showed me. But yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that does again. I, well, that's the that's the like critical thinking and being able to like hold a couple hypotheses and go. Yeah, let's collect some data and see what we think. Does this work? Or does that work? And some, a lot of the time, I think she had a better read on those kids than right. I did. Okay, so I've got a um, a couple little practical things that I just uh, that come up a lot, and I think are they're sort of juicy details that get it. Um, I think how being a therapist has has helped me. Um, so my my daughter's uh, almost three; she'll be three in a couple weeks, um, and so she's. With the right type of shoe, she can put her own shoes on. Um, she's got some Velcro shoes, yeah, yeah. some like slippers. Obviously, she can kind of get those on. Uh, but she's got these sandals, these saltwater sandals, and they're pretty tricky. Um, and she, what I've found is she can basically do it, but it takes a while. So I often find myself in this situation of where like we're scrambling to get out the door, we got to be somewhere, we're you know we're running late, or at least I'm worried we're going to be running late. Um, <laughs> and so I, I sit there and I look at her and I say, "Come on, Ellen, let's go! Like, come on, get your shoes on." And she's sitting there and just kind of you know she's working on it, but kinda, she doesn't seem real concerned. Meanwhile, I'm like bubbling over with impatience, like we're going to be late. What's going to happen if we're five minutes late to this six-year-old's birthday party? Like, God <laughs> forbid. Oh, yeah. And so I can, in my better moments, I can realize my te- something I often do, unfortunately, is I go over and I just put them on for her right? so that we can get out the door. Mm-hmm. But when I step back, I realize like me doing that, that has nothing to do with her and everything to do with me. Like that's all about me feeling impatient and not wanting to feel impatient anymore mm-hmm. and to be on time. But if I'm really thinking about my daughter, right, what it, what's good for her is that she learn how to put on her shoes. And ultimately, it's good for everyone else if she can put on her own shoes quickly. Yeah. But she's not going to learn how to do that if I do it for her. She has to struggle with it and figure it out. And so I think a, a, a common parenting dilemma is it's hard to sit by and watch your kids struggle for a variety. And that's a very innocuous little situation. Um, but that's something I've really try to be mindful of is that for ultimately as a parent, I want my kids to grow into independent, happy, self-sufficient people.
people, whoever they are, mm-hmm. right? And that I can't like make that happen. Like the they're going to grow based on largely their own kind of struggles and experience. And if I don't allow them to struggle, at least in a structured way, they're never, they're going to always need me or need someone else. And I do not want that for my kids. Yeah. You want them to be, yeah. You've just touched on one of the, I think like if there are meanings to life, I think one of them would be um, struggle is necessary for growth. You know, that, you know, I, I, you reminded me of the way my youngest daughter ties her shoes. It drives me crazy because it's not the proper, <laughs> but it's not the proper rab- rabbit ear way. The bunny rabbit goes around the yeah. tree and down the hole. She does it in this way that I'm, I watch her and I'm like, you know, I'm like internally just screaming because I'm like, that is not the way. And, but, and it took her forever to, to learn kind of, you know, it took a while and, and to watch your kid kind of wrestle with experiment, fail, untie them, tie them, you know, you know, but realizing also that the struggle, the figuring it out, the grind is like, that's where all the good stuff is. Yeah. It's on the other side of that where like growth is, you know, and, and it's the same in therapy is the same in parenting where watching your clients just really struggle sometimes you, you want to jump in and fix it, mm-hmm. you know, for them. But you also realize that the amount of growth they're going to have at the end of this is going to be amazing, right. you know? And that's where I'm often really grateful that I'm a therapist, like almost on like a weekly basis. I probably think of this, that I'm grateful that um, my kids are still really young and that, I know that this is an important thing. Like I want them to, to benefit from struggling early and often because it's way easier to struggle with tying your shoes, right? Or like how to hold your pencil or the, the lesson, the general lessons of, of learning to struggle and that self-confidence that you build from knowing that I can struggle, but I can figure it out. If God, if they can learn that early, that's so important. But and and those are like the proudest moments I think as a therapist or as a father. I mean, um, you know, you see you see parents who's like kids aren't getting along with their teacher, and the first solution is like we'll get them out of that class, right? You know, and and I've been in I've had that with my kids, and I'm like figure it out. You know, you're gonna have to figure out how to work with this person because life is gonna hand you these situations over and over and over again, where your coworker or your boss or your you know supervisor whatever is is going to be a jerk and you're going to have to figure out how to negotiate that you're going to and and if you jump in and save them they never learn that stuff you know and yeah so so you're exactly right yeah the the future you don't want your kids to be relying on you that's the whole goal mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i have one more little thing it was my last thing go but, ahead um, <laughs> I think one of the ways I feel like I, I do benefit as a parent um, and even kind of generally it, given my job is that I every single day I hear about in graphic detail all the ways that people screw up. So like I have a lot of my clients who come in and they'll tell me how you know their husband did this with their kids and how much they really didn't like that mm-hmm. or how you know their wife did said this to them and how difficult that was for so i every single day i get i hear all this stuff of like oh man gosh 
And I, I try as best I can to be like, okay, file that one away, big guy, because you are definitely capable of making that same mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but by hearing it over and over again, every single day from people and in real with a lot of emotion behind it, um, it's not just like a, a list of like parenting tips and tricks. Like I hear people's actual struggles with the, this stuff. I do feel like that helps me to be more mindful um, in my own kind of relationships and especially with my kids. I, do you, do you experience that? Yeah. Well, and, 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 and maybe this, you tell me, I'll give you an example of what I'm thinking of as you, as you're speaking, but, um, it's, it's amazing to me sometimes. And, and I mentioned this the other day when we were talking that, um, sometimes I'm still surprised at how parents treat their kids sometimes. And I shouldn't be because I've heard some, catastrophic ways of, of people treating their kids badly. Um, but it has definitely made me more aware that I need to tell my kids I love them, that I need to give them hugs, that they need to feel safe, that um, I want them to feel like I'm there for them. You know, it, I kind of constantly feel like I'm aware that, like, I want to impart those sentiments to my kids. Yeah. Um because I hear stories about people who are like, oh, yeah, my parents never said I loved, I love you. I got a hug at my graduation. You yeah. know? And you're like, what? That was the first time you ever got a hug was at your graduation? And they're like, yeah. So, I think yeah. that's such a cool thing is that they're like, I'm so grateful for that, that I get reminded of all that stuff that, that I know and that a lot of people I think know. But it's so easy to not do it if you're not constantly reminded of it. So I just feel so, yeah, I don't that, feel like that's anything in me. It's just a happenstance of my job that I get reminded of this stuff that's I know is important to me yeah. on a daily basis. And I'm, I'm fairly affectionate, but I think I wouldn't do it as much if I wasn't a therapist and didn't hear the constant kind of, uh, like you're saying, the stories about, whoa, a good example of what not to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Does that make sense? Is, is yeah. that kind of an example of what you're saying? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a good. It's just a good reminder. Yeah. Parenting's tough, though, man. It's 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 the hardest job I think I've ever had, and the scariest, you know. Other than podcasting. Other than podcasting, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> been tricky, but um, yeah, years are young, and so you have this really cool bubble that you're in for a while. Yeah. And it's an awesome... That's ominous sounding. Well, you know, they're going to meet the world. You know, they're, they're going to go to school. We're going to go live in the mountains. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to... I'll, I'll tell you what. Recently, my, my oldest, you know, started driving. Mm. I don't think I've ever been more afraid for a longer period of time. You know, I think I'm barely kind of... I'm, I think I'm barely kind of regulating my heart rate now, you know, months and months after, so... Enjoy yeah. those little ones while, they, while they're little, man. <laughs> and you know, every stage is fun, though, and and comes with its own unique challenges and benefits. But yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great gig for all you parents out there. It Soak is. it up. It is. All right. See you next time.